Gemara, and now we are doing the Gemara of the Simchas Torah, which is Davchov Tes Amar Aleph. Today we'll start from the Mishnah of Cheser Beis on the very bottom of the page. Continuation of what we said before about about buying and selling. You know, we don't want you to do anything, any buying on the on the, what do you call it? on the, on Yamtiv and so on. So the Mishnah says, a person should not say to a butcher, we said before that if you go in and you don't nominate a price or some, you can go and take it. But here he says here, don't tell a butcher, give me a dinner worth of meat. Away from me, shkoil can either be away from me, as some people say, or shkoil means give me, take, you know, take from me. Meet the value of a dinner. However, you can shecht, you can shecht it without nominating a price, and then you take pieces of meat and you work on it after yamt. Says so hey, what exactly is it? How do we do it? How do you know after yamt what you took? How do we know to calculate what you did? What do you do? I've got, I've got a question. This oh, just we learned the last the last two about 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 um, doing the hole and how you can't weigh it and you got to do it differently and all this kind of stuff. But if you see a if you see a shechet shechting. That's, that's that's certainly within the hall. However, yes, we know he's allowed to shech for Yaltov because he couldn't do it before him. So why don't we just say that all these other things you can weigh it out and stuff the same? I mean, it, it's it, not necessary. Now you're buying and selling. It's not necessary. You could have shechted your own hand. It's not necessary. So therefore, and and we're very Mecca Chomemcher is one of the is more the, is one of the severer averis, even though it's only midrabbanon. The whole idea of buying and selling on Shabbos is only us and Rabbanon are scared you're gonna you're gonna read or write contracts and all that kind of stuff. But um, we're saying over here is you can buy the meat and calculate it, everything after Yomtov. The question is how do you know? How does the butcher know what to charge you after Yomtov? How do they know what he gave you? So the Gemara says, Hey what happens? How exactly does it work this out? Right? Especially you don't want a whole animal. You only want a part, a piece of the animal. You don't want a half an animal. You don't want a third animal. You want a, a couple of pieces of steak. How do you work it? How do you calculate it? So you must like this. In Surah, for example, they would use the following language. Everything, they had different cuts and different size cuts, and every size cut had a different name. One was called Tarta, or you would say a Palga de Tarta, or give me half of a Tarta. So in other words, you would say, give me two Tartas or three Tartas. You didn't talk about a value. You just talked about, this is what commonly what they call a, a piece of steak was called a Tarta, and a smaller piece of steak was called a half a Tarta. And or Benedish and Tanu Nadish. Omar, they say Chelka or Palga Chelka. That's how they described it. Um, a piece of meat. And Pupadisa Ami would say Uzia or Palga Uzia. They call the piece of meat an Uzia, and then it will give me a half an Uzia. And Benapkoid, in these places, they used to say Riva or Palga Riva. They give me so the idea is you didn't actually tell them nominate a, a, um, a size. You didn't say, sorry, a, a weight, give me a kilo worth of meat or two kilos worth of meat. That's no good. You'd say, give me a, a, um, a, let's say a, a, a ribeye steak or two ribeye steaks. And they might have had two sizes. So you, you, this size was known as whatever, uzia, and, uh, and the smaller one was called palgaduzia. So that's how you. Why, why, why couldn't they, even in those old days, pre order their meats? I don't know why they had to do it on Yontas or Shabbos. Why couldn't they go in on the, on the day before? We, so I need the following. Obviously, we're talking about people who could. Obviously, we're talking about it couldn't. It couldn't have happened because tell you why. Maybe they had more guests than they thought. Maybe they had. They they, they saw the meat got ruined because they didn't have refrigerators and they thought it would last. I mean, there's so many possibilities. Bad luck. Bad luck. That's bad not very nice of you. What, we want people been, to be besimcha. Should have invited people before you. They could lift up the phone and invite people.
We are so spoiled that we have everything we want. Just pick up the phone and yeah, everything is organized. Life wasn't so easy in those days. And, uh, and therefore we have to accommodate everyone's needs. And that's what the Chazal did. And you know, people wouldn't so, you couldn't plan so far in the head. And they had nowhere to store things. Where do you think they stored things? Where do they store meat? I'm not taking, ta I'm not talking about taking, I'm, ordering, I'm talking about ordering it before. And, and even ordering, they didn't realize that they needed more meat. Because they can't plan, you can't buy a week's worth of, of meat. You have to buy a daily, or, you know, they have nowhere to store anything. I'm talking about I'm going to be coming tomorrow to pick up a quarter of a backside or whatever it is. Yeah. And it may have been Shabbos and then Yom Tov. Okay, that's another possibility. So they could have, he said he could have ordered on Friday. But anyway, that, that just life was very different then. Mishnah. Does that mean that does that mean if I'm baking a cake or a loaf of bread or something like that, I have to weigh out all the flour before Yomtev? Talk about the weighing suitable flour. Yes. You're not allowed to weigh anything on Shabbos and Yomtev. Yes. There's an argument if you allow for some people, I mean we don't do that, but some people by the Seder they would sit there and they would weigh the matzah if it weighs the size of an olive and all that kind of stuff. Is that is that even if you're cooking for yourself, if, if you're baking on Yomtev for yourself? You have to weigh out before you. Not a lot of weigh. We'll soon see. We'll talk about flour exactly that case. In case you're just talking about it. So what happens if guests come? What about it? Oh, you have to. So you don't know till last minute, and that's why you definitely need to weigh on. Yeah, but weighing is, is weighing. We do not allow. We say use an assessment. Most people who cook in the kitchen have a general idea how much they need. They don't have to be exact. The only thing you're allowed to weigh, it says. And even that they say today is different is certain spices that if you put too much in it can completely ruin the food that makes it inedible, like pepper, pepper, and so on. So, um, but it says that today, you know, it's not that strong, and therefore, generally, any chef they can taste the food, put a little bit of spice in and taste it, see if it's enough. Mishnah, a prison says his friend, Malili Kliza, a prison friend, here's a here's a, 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 a jug, fill it up, please. But not a measuring. We'll soon see we'll have two opinions of what exactly that means. says, if the if this jug happened to be a jug that can be used for measuring, if it's exactly a liter or two liters, don't do that either. Even though you didn't say fill up a liter, the fact that you gave him a jug that does a liter is already considered measuring, as we'll soon see. There's a story of Abishol, the son of Batonis. He used to sell, let's say, um, oil and these things, or wine. So he used to, at night, he used to fill up all these uh, jugs before Yamtiv. He prepared before and he gave it to them on Yamtiv. He gave it to them on Yamtiv. So he shouldn't have to go ahead and because it's measuring, because each one gave him a, a jug a certain size, so he would do it all prior to Yantav, and each one took, took his jug home. Abba Shol, Abba Shol says, even sorry, even Chalamoid, he would do that. And why would he do the Chalamoid? Okay, there's two, uh, two versions of this mission, whether we say the next part or not, but he did it according to this version, the Pnei Beruri Hamidus, and that is, if he, he was so honest, if he would fill the wine, what happens is it, it, it suds up. You have suds, you have froth. And therefore, 
he would have to spend, you know, an extra 10 minutes and wait till the froth settles down and put a little bit more wine so he could fill up the jug. The people had no patience. They just wanted the wine to run out. So therefore he felt that he was cheating them. They ordered a liter, but he, you know, and gave him a liter jug, but he didn't give him a liter worth of wine. He might've given them three quarters of a liter or four fifths of a liter. So what he would do is he would prepare it all before Yom Tov and he had plenty of time overnight and he let the, you know, the froth settle and he put it in. So this way he didn't cheat anybody. Even the weekday, even the weekday, they did that. If you sold oil, and the the keli that you, you know, the guy said, okay, give me that jug of oil, and then you pour into their jug. But you know, it takes a long time for the entire oil and the contents of the of your jug should, to pour out into the next one because it's stuck to the wall and it's very very slow. So again, you're cheating, and therefore, even during the year, he would do the night before. So overnight, the entire contents of his liter jug ended up in the liter jug of the of the purchaser. So first thing I want to know, my avoid the meter. What what do you mean that you can uh, you can fill this keli but not the meter? What exactly does that mean? I'm going to clear. I'm The guy gives you a jug that's specifically used to measure a liter or two liters. That's what it's for. Then you cannot fill that up, even though he didn't nominate it. He just said so. He didn't say anything. He just says fill it up. Fill up this keli. It doesn't help. But let's say if this keli is, is, is you haven't used it yet to measure, but in, you, you have in mind that if the one that I normally use breaks, I'll replace it with this one here. So it hasn't been used yet. The Buddha says, the Tarakamba says that you can use because you haven't yet dedicated it as a measuring jug. The Buddha says, no, even that you cannot use because eventually you will use it for measuring. Alma, what do we see from here? Gabi Simcha's Yamtiv, when it comes to the Simcha of Yamtiv itself, Rabbi Yehuda Lechumra, because previously we had Rabbi Yehuda was so lenient, you can prepare for Yamtiv in even Machshirach Lefesh, even things that support food. But in this particular instance, he's very strict. And Rabbana Lekula, and Rabbana Lenient. And we have, for example, by Ivcha Shamila, we learned a number of things Rabbi Yehuda's lenient. For example, that now we just learned, Rabbi Yehuda says, yeah, we just learned before, Shaykel Adam Basar Kenegen Hakli, you're allowed to weigh meat against another utensil, but Kenegen Hakaifetz, or against an axe, Rabbi allows you, if you measure it, if you weigh it, not the normal way. And the Chachamim say, you can't do it at all. So Rabbi Yehuda is much, is much more lenient when it comes to enabling people to enjoy Yamta properly. Why are we here so strict? We have a problem. We don't understand. They're not, they're not consistent. So explains that each case is very different than the next. And there's no link between the two. Over there, the way you're doing it, you're taking a, a vessel or an axe. Nobody ever uses that a, another vessel to measure things, to weigh things against that or an axe. So therefore, Rabbi says, okay, not a problem. But over here, you're using a jug, which is a one liter jug, which is some people use for measuring. And you yourself one day might use it for measuring. Therefore, he prohibits it. It's, 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 it's ready to be used. You know why over here, they they don't allow you to put a vessel on the, on the scale or an axe because it still looks like you're weighing and that's a weekday activity. Over here, you're not doing it the normal way, like um, like a weekday activity, and therefore you're just giving a jug and say fill it up, and therefore they're 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 uh, they're lenient. Rava has a different interpretation of the mission. He says my it has nothing to do with if you dedicated the, the, the jug for measuring or not. It means Don't mention fill up my liter jug. Just say fill up the jug, please. That's all right. But if you say, fill up my leader jug, just saying that, that's a problem. 
But if it's a leader jug, you didn't say, fill up my leader jug, that's no problem. And says, no, even if you don't say it, if this is a jug that's a leader and that's used for measuring, don't use it. And then when I ask the same question, and I give the same answer. He seems to be more strict. We learned the opposite at time. We learned that you're allowed to weigh meat, and the other side you'll have a vessel connected like kafir against an axe. And the chacham say, you cannot use a scale. Same thing we just asked a minute ago. They're not consistent. Over there, nobody uses. A vessel or an axe for for weighing things. Here you're using a jug. That's it's, it's a one liter jug. That's what it's used for. Therefore, even though you don't you don't say it. It's obviously forbidden. There, the problem is you're weighing this with the scale that's moved in the chel. Even though you're putting a vessel on the other side, it's the wrong thing to do. It's not it's not pasik. It's not suitable. Not appropriate. Here you're not doing the normal way. The of the inchid the, the people the mekarvi chamra the mana the kilobishos the people who who bring, use a liter jug, and they use it for drinking. Even though there's a jug for measuring, they would use it also as a pitcher. And therefore, it's not really considered a problem. So there's two dinim are totally unrelated to with each other. Says the Gemara, Ma'isa Baba Shalbet Betonish, Tony, we learned, Abba Moedash Akane, why did he do this on Chalamoy, when they bit to base Medish? So um, Rashi said that he was a great chacham, and a lot of people could come to him during the day and ask questions, and therefore he did it at night so that he should have time during the day. Others say that the people, you know, when a Russia didn't have time, and therefore the reason I just told you before, <clears throat> says the Gemara, Torah Mabi learned, who conas at the end of the year by um, all these people who ran away, but he didn't want to keep the froth for himself, the, 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 the spare wine. They only ended up taking 85 and 90% of the wine that they purchased, and, and they just ran away. And he kept like 10%, you know, wine, he had extra that they paid for, but they didn't wait till the froth came down. So what he did was he would collect all of that wine, and who kind of shows me the He collected three hundred barrels of wine that he from this problem here with the froth, and he felt that it wasn't his. He doesn't want to be And Chaveirov and his friends who did with oil come to The same thing here. People didn't have patience to wait for the oil to, to empty out from the persons, you know, from the sellers, the vendors. Jug and then he accumulated 300 barrels of oil. So they went to the Shalim, they want to donate a lot of wine, a lot of oil. Omrulahem, the Gaboyim said, You're so honest, but there's no reason for it. The customers, they know that and they don't mind. So therefore, it's as if they granted you as a gift. Omrulahem, they said, Look, we don't feel comfortable. Even though they, they don't mind, we don't feel comfortable. It's not ours. We sold to them, we got paid for it. It doesn't belong to us. So the Gaboyim said to them, since you guys are so stringent with yourself, why don't you do something to benefit the public? The Tanya we learned, no, you think that you're Gazan. So let's follow the rules of Ghanavan. What's the rules by Geneva? If you steal from the public and you don't know who you stole from, who the victims are, then you have to build something with the public benefits from it. If you stole and you don't know who you stole from, make some public use from it. What should you do? For example, make all kinds of pits, cisterns, wells, and all these other things so that um, the public benefit from it. took for a stroll and had a talk with him. That's how Rashi learns. Attached. Others learn means he spoke to him. 
A person should not measure, should not go take a, a measuring cup and measure the barley and feed it to his animal, even though they have to be emptied. What you could do is take a measuring cup, put it inside the barley, not take with your hand barley and fill up measuring cup, put the entire cup into the barley and scoop it out. Whatever comes out, comes out. That you can do, because that's not the normal way of doing it. Likewise, a baker. A baker can measure the spices, and he can go ahead and uh, and and put it inside uh, his food. Rashi said, by the way, nachtum doesn't always mean a baker. You know, it's the usual translation. Rashi says here, nachtum means a chef, and um, but a, like a commercial chef. And the latter put spices because he can ruin the food. Here you to because you're saving the food. And Shukhanarach says that today we don't really have that issue. And this is talking about in, in, in a large production and that in the house is not a problem. So therefore you don't do it. A woman, so Rabbi Yirmiya says that a woman can measure the flour, the yamtif, the noisin, she can place it then in her dough. What's her motivation? She wants to know exactly how much challah to give. You have to use a certain amount of eggs, 43 for eggs. So she, for, therefore, she wants to measure the flour that she's using so she can do it for a mitzvah. And therefore, you're allowed to. She comes along Shmuel and says, Usr, it is forbidden. And you're not allowed to do that because you're not allowed to measure, even for such an altruistic purpose. Says the Gemara about Shmuel. Shmuel actually, just like Rabchia and Rabbi devised braces, Shmuel did the same thing. Shmuel organized a bunch of braces in front of Tanoim, so Rashi says here, and, um, and just like Rebbe, Rashi, just like Rebbe made Mishnah, and Rav Chia and Rav Aisha made Tisefta and braces, so did Shmuel. In his braces, he concluded Mutter is permitted. Omar Abayi says, what do we do? The dilemma. Shmuel personally said that it's forbidden. And yet in his braces, he says it's permitted. So what do we do? So he says here, um, when, when Shmuel contradicts his b'risa, what Shmuel says, that's the halacha. Shmuel halacha lemaisa asla shmin. The b'risa, he's just telling you what other Tanoim are saying. But when he personally says asla, he's telling the halacha that it's asla. So Shmuel says, you're not allowed to measure, and Rav says, you're allowed to. So the Gemara continues. Torah Babi learned, ain't shining kemach. Of course, the most poskim, the halacha is like Shmuel, even though generally we have a rule. Rav and Shmuel, the halacha is like Rav when it comes to laws of Easter. Here, the general consensus that Allah like Shmuel, but you're not allowed to measure. Turn around, we learned. Ain shining kemach beyamtav. If you want to put the, the flour through a sieve a second time, you know, it's already been, everything's been taken care of, and the second time it's going to go, everything's going to go through the sieve, you're not trapping anything. It's still, you shouldn't do it on a second time on yamtav. <clears throat> um, he says, you're not allowed to. They say you are allowed to, because they say that you're not really doing anything. There's no bother here. It's already been sifted through, and all the particles that are extraneous to the flower have already been gone. All the coarse parts have been gone. And nevertheless, you want to go through it again, you're allowed to. But the first opinion says you're not allowed to, because whatever it is you're doing now, you could have done yesterday. So there's no excuse. You could have put it through a sieve yesterday. Uh, but they all agree if a pebble fell in if a pebble fell in or a piece of wood then you're allowed to put it through because you couldn't have done it prior to Yom Tov because uh, it didn't happen the pebble didn't fall in so therefore you're allowed to 
we learned before Ravina. Remember, anything you could have done before Yamtiv, you're not allowed to do in Yamtiv. When it comes to Machshirim, when it comes to actual cooking, we don't say that. But when it comes to Machshirim, but if you couldn't have done it prior to Yamtiv, then you can't do it on the fix of Yamtiv. Tani Tana, we learned Kamei Ravina. We learned before Ravina. Ain shining Kamei Yamtiv, and this Tana said you're not allowed to repeat flour on Yamtiv through a sieve. They say you can take it out with your hand, not putting it through a sieve at the same time. You're allowed to take it out with your hand. Oh, Malay, they said, What are you talking about? How can you take it with the hand? Isn't that boiled? And you now do boil. Now, this is very confusing because we actually learned that Basil says you're allowed to do boil. And uh, you're allowed to do boil and if you plan to eat straight away. It's an, and in fact, halachish malachis. You're allowed to do bur, take the bad out of the good if you're going to eat it straight away. And yet over here it says you're not allowed to because it's bur. Because when it comes to flour, remember we said you're allowed to do it the normal way of eating. This is, you don't just bake a little bit. Usually you bake a lot more than, than you need to. Or you bake, you know, a few challahs and you're going to have some tomorrow, tonight. And that's why bur kicks in. Bur is only permitted if it's a normal way of eating. On Yamtif, you can take the bad out of the good, but um, not if you're doing a lot of then um, it's like boiler, it's more like a malacha preparing, and that is forbidden. Rabbi was standing on the doorway of the doi. He said, Shine in Kamali Yamtif, allow to do it a second time. Rabbi said, Puku, take it, take it away. But Omri Abba, he said, um, he said, Tell your father, Shikile, this is Robert the son So he says, Tell your father, who's my friend. We remember we had before three friends of Nachman, Rav Huna, and Rav Chizda. So Nachman said to Rav Huna's son, Rav, tell your father, take your favors back. We don't need your favors. You're telling us that you're allowed to repeat. We don't need him to tell us that, because we all know that anyway. Take your favor and throw it on the thorns. So if you're giving us a favor which is useless, then, you know, take it and keep it. Go look. How many uh, sieves? How many that has been that are being used. They're all being used. So therefore, we already know that it's permitted. So therefore, um, that you're allowed to do it a second time. So we're not like the opinion before that the visa of Rabbi Yisuf, the wife of Rabbi Yisuf, Nala Kimcha, she would make the flower agaba de mahotu. What she did was she took a sieve, but she turned it upside down, used the back of it, which is totally not the normal way, if she wanted to put it through a sieve a second time. So he made a total shinny. So he's Amala, he said to his wife, Chazi, please see. I want good fine bread. Putting it through the back of the sieve is not going to give me the best kind of bread. In other words, he's saying to his wife, go use the sieve the normal way. The visu de Rav Ashi, the wife of Rav Hashi, Nala Kimcha, she would go ahead and, and put through the flour agaba de potato. On the, on the other side of the table, the table had some kind of a, of a and I guess um, a, a, an area to capture, it had a cavity there. And, and she would then put it on the, turn the table over and put it on the other side, it had holes and put it on the other side of the table so the flour came through, which is totally not the normal way. Omar Ravashi said, Oi, Hadi Don. My wife is Barte de Rami Bachama. My wife is a daughter of Rami Bachama. And Rami Bachama and Rami Bachama is Mara de Uvdahaba. Rami Bachama was the one who told us this story. He was sorry, he was very frum. He was so particular about whatever he did. Her father was very frum. 
she brings home this custom. She definitely saw it in her parents' house. And if and if and the father didn't mind with mother, her mother did that, means that it's all right. It's not a problem. Well, I have others she would never have done it. A little bit of a problem because Rami Bar Chama was married to Rav Chizda's daughter. And we learned that Rav Brachas had all those dreams. And Rav Chizda's daughter, uh, when Rami Bachama, she was very pretty. When Rami Bachama passed away, Rav married her. That means Rav outlived Rami Bachama. And the Gemara Gittin, we're going to have that Rav Ashi was born the day that Rav passed away. So how did, um, I guess, Rav Ashi, Rav Ashi was, um, it's a little highly unlikely that Rav Ashi married a girl who would have been 20 years older than her, than him, minimum, if not more. So the Mephoshim have a little bit of a difficulty understanding. In fact, I see over here, he brings down that maybe he's a different person altogether. Okay, I take it back. It says here, you should say it's Rami Bar Abba. Okay, so maybe that's why they changed it. Mishnah, last Mishnah, this parent. That's why a person can go to this to the vendor that he normally is accustomed to go to. But he tells him, Ten li bayim, give me eggs that goes even nuts, the minion. He says, he tell me not by weight or anything else, give me 10 nuts, 10 eggs. You can't get a balabai, these mayims are baseline. Because normally that's how they, they, they give it, you know, they, in a balabas at home, lend you eggs, they would count you, they would count the eggs. So that doesn't look like selling a bind. Don't mind me learning. So along the same lines, if you don't nominate a price and you don't nominate a weight, a number is all right. So a person can go to a, a shepherd, that he's accustomed to go to. Give me one goat, one sheep. Eight of tabach, and go to the butcher, he normally goes to. Give me one foreleg or one thigh. Eight of patam, he can go to the one that fattens up his birds and say, Give me one of a pigeon. Eight of nachting, go to a baker, kick a loaf of glue, a cookie, or a biscuit. He can go to the storekeeper that he normally is accustomed to go to. Give me 20 eggs. Um, in other words, because you know them, they, don't, they have no problem. Why does he have to repeat each one of them? I'll, I'll explain to you. Because you know these people, therefore, we're giving a number of examples, they, they trust you, so therefore there's no need to um, nominate a sub. If you go into a place that, that you've never went to before, we don't want you to go because it's inevitable they're going to start talking about how you're going to pay me and when you're going to pay me. Therefore, we constantly, we're giving all the different examples that you might say this is more important, this is less important. No, as long as they're familiar with you and they trust you, they're not going to talk about price. And they're not tempted to talk about price, but you know, they'll give you credit. Um, so you can deal with all few food items on your food. Not, not only meat, which, which goes off, but any food items you can Yeah, yeah, we're giving examples. Exactly. Anything. Right, right here. Tenly acid bang, give me 20 eggs. A chamishim in 50 nuts. A yasoda farzigan, 10 peaches. Chamishim and five pomegranates. The esig echad, one esig. Ubevadshula yaskulas chumbida, provided you don't mention a weight. You don't say, give me a kilo worth of this or, a, or something like that. Rav Shimon Melaza says, Ubevad provided shula yaskulas chumbekach. Don't mention a price at all. Taisa says it can't be like Rashi just said, don't mention a price. We talked about it the whole time. Why all of a sudden now? Taisa says, means, or he means, he says, means the following. If the guy says, look, I asked you yesterday for 40 nuts. You already gave me 30, give me 10 more. So that, because you combined it to what you did yesterday and you're making a total number, that looks again like and we don't want that to happen. 
Hadinaloch Ein Sodin. And I guess tomorrow you'll continue in Mitzvah Shem, the next parak. This Mitzvah Shabbos.